see each and every one here this morning at the San Ramon Valley Bible Church. If you're a member or if you're visiting with us today, welcome. We're going to have a special service this morning. The worship team will be singing and performing three songs, and please sing with us. And following that, there will be a dedication by our dear brother and senior pastor, Adel Ackle. He'll be dedicating these three wonderful ones here in the front. We have Annalise, we have Audrey, and we have Ryan, and they're all going to be dedicated, and they're looking forward to it, and they're being so well-behaved. Look at that. It's like a world record. And they're being so good, of course, as I say that, right? But we're looking forward to that. And we'll also have a message from the Word of God after the dedication. But we have some announcements to go over first and a couple of thank you letters to read. First of all, tomorrow night there will not be any choir practice or worship team practice. There will be a women's dinner at 7 o'clock. Please come at 7 o'clock. The ladies won't be bringing their own dinner as they tried last time. That didn't work as well. So we're going to have Panda Express back by popular demand. And Jessica is collecting the $10 for the women's dinner. And the men, uh, the husbands, will be babysitting at that time. There will also be a men's prayer meeting here in the sanctuary at 7.30. Tuesday night, there's going to be a move for Vince and Cindy. The Rolfs are moving at 6 mm -hmm. o'clock at the storage facility where their things are. Uh, Jim, will send out, Jim Hyde will send out an email for that. Also, we have a move coming up for the Spitlers next Saturday on the uh, 27th. That will be 8 o'clock in the morning, and details will be coming out on that. And the Huetes are moving on the 5th of March, and that will be a Saturday also. So we've got three more moves. We had one yesterday, and thanks to all the men and women who helped with the move yesterday. And then, Jim, it's the end. That's so far, that's it. So that's great. Wednesday night. There won't be any regular meetings here at the church, no choir, no worship team, no Bible study. We're going to see the movie Risen. It's a great movie. I've seen it. Many other, several others have seen it and previewed it. It's an excellent movie. It'll be at the Crow Canyon Cinemas at 7 o'clock. Please come at 6.30. See Alan Pocticon to sign up, get a ticket. He'll be getting them from Costco. Price for all tickets is $10, and we need to get the funds to Alan today for that, please. And so we'll have a good time at that movie, 7 o'clock on Wednesday the 24th. Thursday, there'll be a women's Bible study at 10 o'clock in the morning and the men's lunch at Clementine's at 11.30 and the Friday groups are on. Pray for our brother Rajiv who will be traveling uh, from Sri Lanka here and probably arriving around Thursday. He'll be our speaker next Sunday. We also have a thank you card to read from the moving to the moving crew. And this one is a blessing, too, and it's um, from the Hugans from their move yesterday. To our San Ramon Valley Bible Church moving crew, there are no words to express our deepest gratitude to all the men and women who sacrificed their day and helped us with such a difficult move. There is no money in this world that would repay your love, prayers, and friendship for our family. We are so thankful to our Lord for each of you. P.S. Matt has decided to, quote, sell all his gym equipment, <laughs> pool table, and all the heavy things <laughs> he greatly enjoys. <laughs> so the next move can be easier. I tell you, that's dedication, folks. 
It's not part of salvation. You have to give those things up, but it seems the brother is burdened. <coughs> if you, any of you is interested in these, in these items, contact Madali only. <laughs> oh, boy, I love humor, don't you? Okay. All right, we also have, on a more somber note, I should have probably read this one first, but this is from Shauna. Her father passed away and went home to be with the Lord. He got saved at the last minute. He, was, he would have been 91 years old today. She writes to a Santa Mon Valley Bible Church family, Today would have been my dad's 91st birthday. Last Tuesday at 2 p.m., my dad was welcomed into heaven. Just like the prodigal son, my dad is now part of a much bigger and better celebration. This homecoming didn't just happen. Throughout his life, my dad did not acknowledge the one that loved him the most deeply and profoundly. But when my dad was in his last days on earth, the Lord never gave up on him. During this difficult time, I was able to share many loving biblical truths with him. These verses finally pierced the darkness surrounding his heart and the fog in his mind. Because of all the prayers lifted up on behalf of my dad, he was finally able to surrender to the way, the truth, and the life. And because of all the text messages, Bible verses, and prayers said for him and sent to me, reminding me of God's great power and love, I was left feeling, I was never left feeling alone either. It was a profound gratefulness that I am expressing this. The peace of knowing that my dad is with the Lord is beyond anything I could have ever imagined. The Lord is so faithful. He carried me through all the painful circumstances and gave me truly what is the biggest desire of my heart. I wanted to end with this prayer from Ephesians that has renewed meaning for me. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Shauna. We thank the Lord that he is saved, and we will see him in heaven. Praise God for that. And now we'll have our worship team program. Amen. Good morning. Listening to that, it's so assuring to know that no matter what we're going through, God is still on his throne. And we're going to open with this song together. You are God alone. From before time began, you were on the throne. And right now in the good times and bad, you're still on your throne for you are God alone. God created by human hands. You are not a God dependent on any mortal man. You are not a God in need of anything we can give by your plan. That's just the way it is. You are God alone from before time began. You are on your throne, you are God alone, and right 
right now in the good times and bad you are on your throne you are God alone you're unchangeable you're unchangeable you're unshakable you're unstoppable that's what you are you're unchangeable you're unshakable you're unstoppable that's what you are you're the only god whose power none can contend you're the only god whose name and praise will never end you're the only god who's worthy of everything we can give you are god that's just the way it is you are god alone from before time began you are on your throne you are god alone and right now in the good times and bad you are on your God alone. You're unchangeable. You're unchangeable. unchangeable. You're unshakable. unshakable. You're unstoppable. unstoppable. nothing else in our lives we can say that about everything changes everything's in flux and we echo the words of this next song that Andre Crouch wrote that says there's nobody else there's nobody else like you Lord as wonderful as as our friends and family are as wonderful as this family of God is the only unchangeable thing in our lives is Christ thank you Lord there's nobody else like you sister, not my brother, nobody else will do, that's why I love you, 
There's nobody else like you And no one else will do There's nobody else like you Sing it again, there's nobody else There's nobody else like you No, nobody else Nobody else like you Not my mother, not my father, not my sister, not my brother Nobody else will do That's why I love I love you, Lord There's nobody else like you And no one else will do There's nobody else like you You've got the sweetest name Show the Father love, that's why I love you. There's nobody else like you, and no one else will do. There's nobody else like you. You've got the sweetest name, sing that again.
Thank you, worship team. Let's give them a hand. We have a special today. We're dedicating three wonderful children here. Ryan, Puzan, Annalise Wete, and Audrey Beal. And uh, it's a pleasure to see a new generation coming into the church. And we pray that the Lord will bring them up and they'll be raised in the fear of God, in the church of God. And as they grow, they be, will become the men and women of the future. Actually, this is the new church. If the Lord tarries and he doesn't come today or in the few more days, this is the church of the future. I read a little story. I want to share it with you. Uh, it's under a teacher's prayer. And the teacher, during a recess at school, she uh, started with this, took her time in the classroom and started, said, Lord, give me the wisdom to discover in each child his spark of divinity, the gift that you have given him. And through love and guidance, Nurture this spark into a glowing flame. Let me not favor any one child at the expense of others. Let all be equally worthy of my devotion without regard to their intelligence, their religion, their race, or their wealth. Let me teach the love of America by keeping ever alive her commitment to the greatest good of the great, for the greatest number in the belief that these children are your greatest good and your greatest number. Then suddenly her face changed, her expression got different, and then she started screaming, Lord, help. They're coming into the room right now. All 32 of them. Any small miracle will be greatly appreciated. Amen. That was a good prayer, wasn't it? We love them, don't we? On a serious note, in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7, the Bible says, The just walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. And in Proverbs 31, 28, we read about the mother, who is a blessing to her children. We read this. The following, her children rise up and bless her. Her husband also praises her. Folks, home life 
is the most vital factor in the social and spiritual well-being of our community. The Bible offers much valuable counsel to parents and children. Christian parents have the solemn responsibility to teach and train their children diligently and faithfully from their earliest moment. We are simply called as parents to do our duty to them and leave the results to God. We are instructed and commanded according to the word of God to bring up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And someone, if someone might ask, when is this bringing to commence? When are we to begin this sacred work of training our little ones? My answer is, surely at the beginning. The moment they are born. Anytime you start after that, it's too late. The very moment we take them in our arms, we enter upon the responsibility, parents, fathers, and mothers, which that relationship between father and children and mother and child entails. We cannot deny this. We cannot shake it off. We may neglect it. We may neglect it, as some do. I've watched many parents neglecting the godly upbringing of their children and have to reap the sad consequences of their neglect in many or various ways. It is very serious. It is a very serious thing to stand in the sacred relationship of a parent. You hear me, parents here, especially of the ones who are going to be dedicated. No one, it is very delightful to be a parent. And many, many girls, they dream of getting married and have children. And but let me tell you one thing, I don't want to be harsh or anything, but it's the greatest responsibility under the sun. When you, when the Lord blesses you with a little baby, he's not a toy to show him off. Did you get that? Okay. He is a responsibility that is added to your responsibilities. It is very serious because of the great duty that is involved. And who do we turn to at this stage when you are blessed with a little child? Who do you turn to? The only safe place, hear me, mothers and fathers, parents, the only safe place to turn to is our blessed God, whose wisdom, whose grace are sufficient to help you bring up 
your child. And he promised that he will ever meet every need. We are simply, we are asked simply to draw upon him for help and direction. Dear families, it is a sweet privilege of every Christian parent. And thank God we have Christian parents sitting there to count it always with confidence to take them to the Lord in your prayers. That reminds me of a mother. Someone is helping me there. <laughs> it reminds me of a mother in the Old Testament. Her name is Hannah. When the Lord, after many years, asked him, God, to give her a child, he gave her a child, and she promised that she will dedicate him to the Lord. And she did more than that. When he was of a certain little age, she took him to the temple and left him there to grow and be taught by the man of God. And she visited him. She completely turned him over to the Lord. And you know, this young child, when he grew up, he became one of the greatest, the greatest prophets of all time. So my advice to you this morning, this afternoon now, is to take your children to the Lord and leave them there. There is a responsibility that you have to carry on in life to see that they are cared for. But the major, most important responsibility that you will ever have is to turn them over to the Lord and teach them the precepts of the Lord Jesus Christ. The whole business of Christian education is summed up in two brief sentences. One, count on God for your children. Count on God for your children. Two, train your children for God. Now for parents to speak of counting on God for the salvation of their children and for the moral integrity of their future career in this world is one thing, but, there's a big but there, but if the duty of training them in the ways of God is neglected, is simply a miserable delusion. Please do not do one and neglect the other. Oh, God will grow them. He will grow them if you take your part. God says, do your part, I will do mine. Do not neglect to pray with them. Do not neglect to share with them the gospel. There are, there are Bibles for little children. Yesterday, I was reading a story to my grandchild 
It took me about 10 minutes about how the Lord comes and protects the little ones. And it blessed my heart and brought tears to my eyes to see that there is this literature that is available in Christianity today and to teach them the presence of God with them on a daily basis. Get that and read it to them. According to the experts in education, most tendency in children are acquired rather than inherited. Do you hear me? Most tendencies in children are acquired, not inherited. You can say sometimes and hide behind its genes, but you know, discipline has a lot to do for the genes they have. Please do not neglect that. By perseverance, godly discipline, hard work, you, by his grace of God, by his grace, see that your children grow in Christ Jesus. In no case, let me say this before I end, in no case should parental authority be surrendered for one moment. In no case should parental authority be surrendered for one moment. You have to be on the alert day and night. They're happy, they're playing, that's fine. <laughs> so start early. My advice, start early. Actively, constantly, purposefully, teaching them the love, the discipline, and understanding the word of God. Don't neglect the devotions, though they are still very, very little. Do a devotion with them. Sing with them. Teach them the hymns. And when they grow, they will repeat them after you. Mind you, no time of the day is exempt from your responsibility. You cannot take a day off. Right, mothers? You cannot take a day off. Otherwise, you will be neglecting them. Did they start fighting? <laughs> and as your children grow, your ultimate objective should be for them to view the world, and this is it, to view the world as a spiritual battleground. It's not a playground. You are not raising kids to go and play. You are raising kids to fight this wicked world, to be soldiers for Christ, to grow up as Christians, and to take over right, from our responsibilities and lead the church and lead the world, if possible, and lead their communities in the fear of the Lord and in his pleasure. Let's call them up here now. Huh, you've been 
These are the beautiful ones. We have Annalise, we have Audrey, and we have Ryan. Two girls and a boy, and may God bless them and grow them in his knowledge. You know what the Bible says. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that who should go. Are you willing, fathers, mothers, parents, to train them in the, in Lord's, in the Lord's precepts? Amen. Amen. I promise you one thing. When he, they grow up, they will not depart from the word of God. Amen. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we bring these three little children that you have given us, Ryan, Annalise, and Audrey. And we commit them with all our heart, soul, and might to you. We want them to grow, loving you and serving you. Please help us as a congregation and parents to set the right example to them. And that these children will grow to bring honor, to bring glory to their parents and to the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We give you all the praise in the name of your son, the Lord Jesus, we ask and pray. Amen. We commit them all to you. May the Lord bless them. May the Lord bless them and give them. Would you come to me? Oh, she doesn't. <laughs> Audrey, come. Oh, wow. God bless you. And I was told by her parents today that she pronounces the name Adel. Thunder. <laughs> God bless her. Ryan, come to Papa. Yeah. Don't freeze. Okay. Watch your back. He's heavy. I'm watching my back. <laughs> Here it is. God bless them. You're a beautiful girl. Okay. Well, she doesn't want, she doesn't like me, but that's okay. I know. Okay. Parents, you have this responsibility. And may God bless you and give you all the grace and wisdom and the strength to continue your duties. Thank you. May go down. Oh boy, now we shall have peace. Now you remember, you remember what the teacher said, Lord help me, I need a miracle. <laughs> okay, we didn't leave uh, Dean much time to uh, preach, but uh, he, will, he will take 10, 15 minutes to give us the word of God, and may we listen. And Dean, come on up.
It's always exciting to see a dedication. Three young children that will grow up to be the church of the future should the Lord tarry. And that's an encouragement to me. It gives me confidence that we leave this future generation to go on for the Lord. It's such a blessing. Shall we just open in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for our church. We're thankful for our leadership, for our elders, our deacons, each person in the church, Lord, each member, each servant, all that they do for you. We thank you for the parents. Please give them the wisdom, the strength, and the encouragement to raise their children for you. And we pray, Lord, that you will give us open hearts this morning to receive your word, open eyes to see the truth, open ears to hear it, and pray by the Spirit of God that you will have a message for everyone in our audience today. We pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross and use your word in a powerful way, and we ask this in Jesus' precious and most worthy name. Amen. 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 It's amazing we sang, there's no one else like you. Our God is a powerful God, but he's also a merciful God, a loving God, a gracious God. He reaches out to every single person, regardless of race or color or creed, like that teacher was saying. His love goes out to every single person. He doesn't discriminate. God loves each one, and he's a wonderful God. And when you can know him in a personal way, and that's the most exciting thing about Christianity, is that Christianity is not just a religion, it's more than that. It's a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's a loving, personal relationship is what we have through Jesus Christ. He changes our lives from the inside. He makes us new creatures in Christ. He gives us things that we have never had before, like love, like forgiveness, like eternal life. And it's available, but we have to choose him. We have to choose to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. And when we do that and we accept him into our lives, he changes us and he gives us a new life. I'd like to begin by telling a story of a keen young sea captain who stood in the lobby of a large hotel in Hong Kong conversing with an Englishman. The Englishman said to him, so you've come to do business in the Orient. Well, let's step into the bar and tell me about your plans. I'm sorry, said the sea captain, but I never partake of alcoholic beverages. The man's face broke into an unbelieving smile. Entering the Oriental trade without having a scotch and soda? Yes, sir. Do you expect to be successful without taking your friends into a tavern for a drink? If you do, he said with a cynical laugh, God help you. The young man replied, God will help me. And he was right. Years later, Robert Dollar stood on the 10th floor of a building that bore his name near the San Francisco Bay. He was watching the workmen unload cargo from freighters that had come from all over the world. Having avoided the pitfalls of liquor, he had indeed been richly blessed by the Lord. And you know, when you give your life to Christ, he gives you a confidence, not in yourself, but a confidence in him. And that's why this young man could say no to the things of this world 
and yes to the things of God because the Spirit of God was in him. And today, we're going to look at the subject of confidence in Christ. Confidence in Christ. You know, everybody's looking for confidence today, whether they're athletes, sports teams, movie stars, business people, business owners. Everybody wants to be confident. They want to enter into the arena with confidence. And there's nothing wrong with having confidence. But our confidence as Christians, is not a self-confidence. It's confidence in Christ. And so that when we go and stand before people, and we talk to people, and we interrelate to people, it's not about us and how we are. It's about Christ and who He is and how He can change lives. It's a, it's a confidence that comes through the Holy Spirit. And I'd like to give a definition of confidence that's found in the dictionary. It says, confidence is firm belief, trust, reliance, the fact of being or feeling certain, assurance. And when you have Christ, you have assurance. Fanny Crosby, the blind lady who wrote so many hymns, said, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. That's confidence. You know, when God gives you life, He gives you blessings, He does so many things for you. You can have confidence in Him. It's not a confidence in ourselves, but it's a humble acknowledgement that everything we have is from Him. Everything we see around us is from God. And we should acknowledge Him and put him first. And when we do that, we have confidence. The verses we'd like to look at today are Psalm verse 118 and verses 8 and 9. Psalm 118, verses 8 and 9. Ed's going to put it up on the board. And I was interested, I read something recently that said this verse here is the exact middle point in the whole Bible. This is the middle verse. The Bible stretches from Genesis to Revelation. This is the midpoint in the Bible. And isn't it amazing what it says? It says it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. And we're going to look very briefly this morning on who or what not to put our confidence in. And then secondly, who or what to put our confidence in. Jeremiah 17.5 says, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. You know, we can't put confidence in ourselves. You know, you go to school, you get an education, you get brought up in a godly Christian home, you get all these benefits, you can't get proud. You can't allow pride to come in because it's what the Lord has given us. And we, he gives us the confidence. Paul said in the New Testament, he says, I have no confidence in the flesh. And that's the great apostle Paul who had so much knowledge in Judaism and he was such a, a powerful man and, and so knowledgeable. He says, I put no confidence in the flesh. Now, there's nothing wrong with being confident, and we should go in 
And we should be confident at work. We should be confident in school. We should be confident at home, wherever we go. But that confidence, as I said, is a confidence not in ourselves. It's in God. Because he's the one we can trust. He's the one who we can rely on. He's the one who can help us. And as Adel mentioned this morning, parents, if you don't trust the Lord to help you raise your kids, you can't do it. And none of us can live the Christian life without his power and without his help. We need that confidence. We need that assurance of knowing God through his word. And that's why it is so important to read his word every day, to study his word, to meditate on it, to pray every day and ask God to be with us. And then, as you go out your door in the morning, after having your devotion with the Lord, spending time with him, you go out with confidence. Conversely, if you don't spend time praying, you don't spend time in the word, you don't prepare yourself for it, how can you be confident going out into the world? It's not going to be a good day. But if we take the Lord and we trust in him and we live by his word, it will be a good day and we will have confidence because it's confidence in him. So many today put their confidence in wealth and when they're on the top and they've got a lot of money, they're very confident. But if they lose that money, what happens? They go down. They go down. Material things are like that too. We can't trust in them. We can't put our trust in our knowledge or our talent or our education or our experience. We have to put our trust in the Lord. That's why he says it is better, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Man can always let you down. Even though we all have friends, we have loved ones, they can let us down. God, through Jesus Christ, will never let you down. He'll never let you down. That's why the hymn writer says, and I quote this hymn all the time, and I love it, it says, Jesus never fails. Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. And we're thankful for that. People change. Circumstances change. Randy mentioned that this morning at worship team. Everything changes. God doesn't change. It says of the Lord Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus never changes. He'll never love you any less nor any more. He's got the most love for you as he has right now and will always have that same love. He'll never change. He'll never turn against you. He'll never turn his back on you. He'll never walk away from you. When you have the Lord, he is with you. The problem is people put their trust in things that do change. They put it in things like material things, homes and cars and jobs and the stock market and politics and all these things. They put their confidence in it, but you can't put confidence in that. So many times right now we're having an election year and maybe you've got a candidate you like, right? I've got confidence, right? I'm gonna, that my candidate's gonna win. Well, the next thing you hear, uh, so-and-so has suspended their campaign and is no longer actively seeking the nomination for presidency of the United States. Things change. It's amazing how things change in this world. We can't put our confidence in man. We can't put our confidence in princes, in leaders, in athletes. It's so sad. You put your heart on it, and they'll, they'll fail you. They'll let you down. It's just the way the world is. 
You know, Bay Alarm has a slogan. You've probably heard it before on TV or on the radio. And their slogan is this, Bay Alarm, what have you got to lose? Well, they're telling you, you need an alarm system, right? Alicia, you need their, their alarm system. Put the alarm system in, and then you can, you can trust it. You can have confidence in it. And you have the alarm system, and what happens? They break into your house. They break your alarm system, rip it off the wall. Does that sound familiar? You can't put your trust in man. You can't put your trust in what this world offers. You have to put your trust in God, in what he offers, because that will never fail. It will always be reliable. It will always be certain. There's always a calm assurance from it. The question is this. If we shouldn't put our confidence in man, and we shouldn't put our confidence in ourselves, then who should we put our confidence in? And as I've already alluded to it, the answer is to put our trust in the Lord. That's why David gave the answer in this verse. He said, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It's better to trust in the Lord because he never changes, he never fails, he has all the power and all the love, he has everything we need. You know, when the Apostle Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 8 and verse 31, he said those glorious words that are so encouraging and so, so much a blessing to us, it gives us confidence. It says, if God be for us, who can be against us? No one. No one can be against us. He also wrote to the Philippians, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Our dear uh, basketball phenomenon, as I call him, uh, Seth, uh, Steph Curry, has that written on his shoe. I can do all things. And it, in the rest of the verse is through Christ who strengthens me. And that is so true. And we're thankful that when we're walking in God's will, when we're in the center of his will, like you're walking right down the center of this aisle, when you're in the center of God's will, there's not a more confident place that you can be is being in the will of God. That's where it's confidence from. But if we deviate by going to the right, or we deviate by going to the left, or we take an exit or a detour in life, the Lord will have to bring us back, but it'll be the hard way. He wants us to walk in the center of his will, and then we'll have confidence. It reminds me of the story of David and Goliath. When David went out to face Goliath, he went out not in the confidence in himself, but he went in the confidence of his God. Goliath, on the other hand, who happened to be nine feet, nine inches tall, David was nowhere near that, right? He came out confident in himself. He was a great soldier. He had armor. He had a spear. He had the experience. Everybody else was afraid of him, even the whole army of Israel. But David came out, and he says, you have blasphemed the name of the Lord. I come against you in the name of the Lord. And he, he ridiculed David. And David says, I'm going to kill you, and I'm going to cut off your head. And you know what? He did it. He did it with a sling and one stone, and the giant came falling down. And in our lives today, we can have that same kind of confidence in God because we have the same God David had. We have a relationship with the God of Israel who is the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ, and we can be thankful for that. And when we put our confidence in Jesus Christ, that is a confidence that is unshakable. It's unbreakable. It's unmovable. It's unchangeable. And it's unmistakable. 
That's the kind of confidence we have as Christians. And you say, well, you Christians think you have all the answers, that your way is the only way that's right. It's not us. We're not saying it of ourselves. The Bible says it. Jesus said it. And he said it in a loving way to people to come to him. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You Christians are narrow-minded. Call us narrow-minded if you want. Jesus gave the one and only way. If you were sick and you needed a certain serum, a certain medicine, and they had two or three there that you could choose from, and you said, well, I like this one, but it wasn't the right one. Would the doctor be a very compassionate and kind doctor to let you just, oh, yeah, go ahead and try that one. Maybe, maybe it'll be okay. No. He'll say, this is the one and only cure for you. And Jesus is the only cure for our sins. The only one. He died for our sins on the cross. And we accept him. He's the only way. And he gives us confidence in knowing that once we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we have eternal life and we have it forever. He's not an Indian giver. He doesn't give us salvation and eternal life and then take it back. He says, once you have it, you have it forever. You'll be with me in heaven. He said to the thief on the cross, today you shall be with me in paradise. We're so thankful. We're so thankful for that. Yes, let's remember, Jesus Christ is the way. He's the one we want to follow. We want to put our confidence in him. He'll give us confidence in our lives as we face circumstances that are very difficult. Shauna this week faced the loss of her father. Others have faced losses of jobs, losses of health, losses of wealth, many things. But when you're a Christian, it doesn't shake you. It doesn't move you because your faith is rooted in Christ and you're committed to him. And it may shake you up a little, but it's not going to really shake your faith or foundation because it's fully in Christ. We've built our life upon Christ the solid rock. And as the hymn writer said, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. You've all heard that expression, don't put all your eggs in one basket. How many have heard that expression? How many? Yes, right? It's an old timer. It's still around. They say that. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Well, I have to change that a little bit because with the Lord, that's not true. We can put all our eggs in his basket and they'll never break. You can commit your life to him and put your trust in him and you can have confidence and you can know and with assurance that he is your Lord and Savior, and you're going to be with him forever. So as we conclude this brief message this morning, let's remember the words of Psalm 118 and verses 8 and 9, the middle part of the Bible. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in, in princes. Yes, others may let us down. They may turn against us. They may walk away. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He'll be with us all the way. He's the source of our confidence. Right now, in this day in which we're living, and in the future glory as well, and all along the journey. And if you haven't yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you may be younger, you may be older, now is the day to accept him. Every person has to make that personal relationship to accept him as Lord and Savior. Don't put it off. Don't say, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I get older. I'll do it when I get home. 
right now bow your head and your heart and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you. He died for your sins, he rose again, and he offers you the free gift of salvation. It doesn't cost anything. So many people in life say, well, if it's free, it must not be that good. And nothing in the world is really that free anyway, the cynic will say, right? God's free offer of salvation is the only true thing that is really free. No strings attached. Because once you've accepted him as your Savior, you're going to want to follow him all the days of your life. And he will give you the best life. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we don't put our confidence in this world, Lord. We don't put our confidence in the fickle things and that change every day. Lord, we put our confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior who died for us, the one who is with us, the one who loves us, the one who's going to take us home to heaven. Lord, help us to have that confidence. Help us to spend time in your presence, Lord, in prayer and in your word. Help us to gather together as Christians and, and encourage one another so that we can go forth in this world in confidence, not a confidence in ourselves, but a confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, if there's anyone here this morning that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, we pray that today the day will be the day they accept you, Lord Jesus, and their lives will be changed forever. And so we thank you for all that you've done and pray that you'll take us home safely. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank a you. blessing, a true blessing.